Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 67, released a week early on July 21st, 2010, uh, because I'll be going away, but we'll get into that. Uh, my name is Steve Eunice, and talking with me, and always, as always, my good partner, my good buddy, Neil Bailey. It's so hot. You guys got snow there or what? No, it doesn't it snow here be. in Sydney, but uh, it's it's still cool. I've got a beanie and a hoodie on, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, I pulled up the air conditioner, and I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I've got the heater under the desk and uh, keeping my hands warm. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, winter here. But um, I am, uh, yeah, I'm heading for a break. Um, as I said, this is a, a week early, uh, July 21st. We usually release it on July 28th, the last Wednesday of the month. But uh, I'll be away uh, next week. So we are posting this uh, a week early and um, there'll be no podcast next month. But uh, we may do one uh, for the beginning of September just to make up for the fact that uh, we'll be missing out on one at the end of August. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's why we were a week early, if you're wondering. Here's, here's my prediction. July 28th is when they announced the first Superman, or the, the new <laughs> Superman movie. And then the first week of August is when they're going to announce the actor. And, <laughs> and then right after that, you know, Tom Welling will throw his hat into the, into the ring, you know, and then everybody will start fighting over who's going to be Superman. And then um, it'll probably just be cancelled like the day right before you come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into our discussion topics. And, All right. Uh, we will, we'll talk about movies uh, to start yeah. with. been a lot of director rumours in the last uh, month uh, since our last podcast. Uh, we kind of got the ball rolling ourselves with a rumour that, uh, well, it wasn't a rumour. I mean, yes, it is a rumour, but we got inside information from someone who uh, said that they worked within the studios. And told us, uh, and you know, obviously, I tried to clarify exactly who they were, and that they were, you know, 100% uh, who they said they were before I posted this on the website. But they told us that Christopher Columbus uh, had been approached to direct the next <laughs> Superman movie, and um, you know, and that that's you know what the direction they were going. But um, it uh, later came out that somebody else was probably going to be directing. And uh, what did you think of the Christopher Columbus uh, rumor? I, I had this flash in my head of Superman's kid from Superman Returns, <laughs> you know, <laughs> alone at home while Superman uh. is out sick today, <laughs> you know, and, and in comes Metallo and Parasite, you know, and then they get hit with a couple of paint cans, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, he did direct uh, Home Alone, but uh, he also directed the first two Harry Potter films, which I actually yes. quite enjoyed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's an established and uh, well-credentialed uh, director. Uh, but uh, later on, uh, GeekTyrant.com came out with a rumor that Jonathan Nolan was in fact going to direct, and that uh, you know that the executives at uh, WB didn't want to upset uh, his brother uh, Christopher Nolan, who, as we know, is helping write and will produce the movie, but um, that he would uh, mentor his brother to direct his first major feature film. Sounds interesting. I'm looking at these uh, casting reports here. I was just pulling up a picture that's, that you might have heard clicking, but uh, I was looking at Zachary Levi and seeing who he is. And, and uh, who they, are they paired together like these rumors of Zachary Levi and, um, no, and Nathan no, Fillion? Or? No, well, first, the Geek Tyrant in their uh, rumor about uh, Jonathan Nolan being uh, looked at as director for the movie, uh, also in the same uh, breath, said that... Um, Zachary Levi had auditioned for the movie. They didn't know exactly what role he'd auditioned for, 
but they assumed that he would uh, have auditioned for the Clark Kent Superman role. Now, for those who don't know Zachary Levi, he's from the TV show Chuck, and um, supposedly that they're saying that you know there's another rumor saying that yeah, they are looking at a TV star and um, it's not somebody that anybody's thinking about. So that kind of rules out Tom Welling because a lot of people are thinking about Tom Welling, um, but they're saying that it's a, a TV actor that people will be happy about. Well, you know Zachary Levi looks looks. Almost looks the part. I don't know. I've never seen him in motion, but if he's a comedy guy, you know, could he hold the the gravitas? I don't know. But uh, I know that um, it's it's really interesting to have rumors swirling again instead of just sitting on our hands waiting for nothing. Yeah, exactly. And the other one that you mentioned was Nathan Fillion, who yeah. uh, is known uh, from TV's Castle. Um, I'm, you know, oh, I'm a big Nathan Fillion fan, but I just can't see him as Superman. That's I, the problem. I, yeah. That's the problem. Whenever they pick a known actor, whether he's little known or not, um, you know, I mean, Nathan Fillion is pretty, you know, people recognize his face from Castle. Um, yeah. That, to me, is a no-no. Like, I always think that they should go with an unknown actor who can uh, look the part and act the part because unlike, say, Batman or Spider-Man, you know, the, the main role, the character, the superhero, Superman, does not have a mask where Batman and Spider-Man both do. And even with the Hulk... You know, it's a CGI thing, so they can get away with having uh, the a big name actor for the alter ego, for you know, for Bruce Wayne, for for Peter Parker. Um, but um, for Superman, really, you know, it, it, being in that costume with the tights and the cape, um, you need to be able to believe that it's Superman, not that it's you know uh, Zachary Levi playing Superman. It's so weird too because I see such an idolized caricature that there's almost no one that can fit that that perfect persona in looks, you know, and 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 that's kind of a detriment. But it also means when you hit it, you you really hit it well, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. so they're the uh, rumors circulating at the moment uh, in this past month for uh, the Superman movie. Now it is supposedly scheduled. Oh, we pretty much know that it's scheduled for a uh, holiday season 2012, so the end of 2012, probably around Christmas time. Uh, so that's what we're aiming for, and obviously the rumours will start flying thick and fast over the next uh, you know, couple of months. Yeah, because, I mean, if it's a big-budget special effects movie, they got to start filming next week if they want it out in 20, <laughs> 2012. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's obviously uh, a script written uh, by um, David Goya, with Christopher Nolan, so we'll see exactly what uh, official announcements are made. Obviously, these are all rumours, unsubstantiated rumours, so take them with a grain of salt. But uh, as soon as there are official room, official announcements, you can be sure that we'll be posting them on supermanhomepage.com. Okay, the other movie that's out there coming is Superman Batman Apocalypse, the animated DC Universe direct-to-DVD film. Uh, which uh, a trailer was released recently. What did you think of the trailer? It, it looked a lot like the art in the uh, book, which is kind of cool. They're still following that trend. I thought that was that was neat. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what's the release date on that thing? Do we have one yet? Uh, well, just let me check it now. They do have a release date. Uh, All right. Just let me well, have a quick yeah. Squeeze. I'll start yammering a bit. I think that the <laughs> uh, the um, the whole Supergirl angle. I, I haven't read the story in a long time. I keep looking at the trade, and it's consistently priced up to the point where I where I can't get it. Where I usually go for like the five ten dollar cheapo trade, and um, so I haven't read it in some time. But I remember it was uh, it had a lot of you know fan service guest appearances and a lot of uh, so so it, it could be a lot of. Uh, 
the first time we see a lot of characters in the cartoon that we haven't seen as much of, like the Doomsdays I was noticing was in there. Yeah. And that was kind of neat. And it's going to be first dark side in a long time. We were talking about last time. Yeah. Well, uh, people weren't very impressed with the uh, design for Doom, for, sorry, for dark side uh, yeah. from the trailer. It looks very squarish. Yeah. Yeah. It ha- you have to see it in motion. I'm hoping it, it's not just like he pops on just uh you know, and that he actually does some physical motion, but yeah, uh, well, uh, to answer the question you asked earlier, it's uh, scheduled for a September 28th release in USA and Canada. Oh, and, so about a month. Not yeah, bad. And uh, for fans listening in Australia, uh, you'll be able to get your local uh, Region 4 DVD release in November. Uh, we don't yet know the UK-Europe release date, but um, September 28th for the US and Canada and November for Australia. Not bad. But, um, yeah, it, the, the designs, you know, obviously do match uh, the comic book version of the story uh, told uh, by, obviously, Jeff Loeb was the writer on, on that uh, Supergirl introduction. Um, and I just saw a in the DC solicitations for um, this next month, they've uh, released a image of a Marquette, a statue of Supergirl from Superman Batman Apocalypse. And it's very much uh, in line with the Supergirl that we see in the comic book um, version of that story. Not bad. Yeah, but uh, it looks very good. Superman Batman Apocalypse. It is a sequel of sorts to Superman Batman Public Enemies, which was released earlier. And um, the same cast uh, are back to um, voice the characters with Tim Daly uh, as the Man of Steel. And um, I think they was uh, they said it was... Uh, Summer Glau, was it? That was the voice of Supergirl? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you familiar with her work? Yes, I've obviously seen her on uh, the Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was great in Serenity, too. It, you know, it, it was a very short-run show, but it, it, was, it was quite good. Yeah, but um, yeah, Kevin Conroy is obviously the voice for Batman and Tim Daly the voice for Superman. Now, um, the other... DVD release, which is uh, in 2011, is a DC Showcase DVD collection uh, of all the DC Showcase animated shorts that have been released with some of these animated films, Spectre, Green Arrow, and there was one other one. Uh, I think it was uh, Joan... Uh, what's his name? Jonah... John Jones? No, no, no. Um, and there was, yes, yeah, the Spectre, Jonah Hex... Uh-huh. And Green Arrow. Oh, Jonah Hex. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That were the, uh, <laughs> the the three DC Showcase eleven minute animated shorts that were released uh, on some of these DC Universe animated films uh, in recent times. And there will be a Superman Shazam: The Return of Black Adam twenty two minute uh, showcase uh, animation uh, attached uh, into this DVD compilation released in twenty eleven. <laughs> You'd be like, I came back and I brought T-shirts for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Ow! Why'd you punch me? But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, um, the return of Black Adam uh, as a 22-minute animated short. Um, it's uh, you know, Black Adam's a character that uh, I find quite inter- entertaining. Well, he's he he. he um... I think he was on on the Justice League show, right? Wasn't he? I've, I'm trying to think of when I've seen him in animated shows. Yeah, I think that they did do a uh, Justice League Unlimited. I yeah, have to double so, check that. Yeah, but I do recall seeing him. Yes. Yeah. Well, I had uh, you know if it's if it's not uh, too askew, I had another piece of movie news that I want to just kind of throw in here that I was going to ask you about. Did you yeah. see the Green Lantern suit? Because I know that the Green Lantern movie 
could have a key pivotal um, role in how the Superman movie succeeds or is cast or is treated, if that makes sense, yeah, you know? I, I did see the costume, and it was um, it had very mixed reactions from a lot of people. I saw a lot of the DC creative people um, were, you know, loved it. You know, they thought it was very dynamic and, you know, um, almost organic in, in some ways. Um, but uh, there was a lot of fans who were going, oh, it's the worst thing ever. It looks ridiculous. And uh, It's so weird the way that happens. It's like it doesn't matter what suit comes out. Like the fans always <laughs> hate it at first, and then they see it in the motion, and then they get used to it, and they're like, oh, there's nothing else better, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is different. It's not um, – I guess it's it, it's the typical Hollywood thing. They, they try to enhance a costume probably beyond what it needs. Like, you know, superhero costumes are usually fairly simple, really. They're, yeah. You know, they're tight – with a bit of color and you know a bit of design, but uh, this seems to be, uh, you know, somewhat, I don't know, uh, you know, all these lights and kind of, you know, all this stuff going through the, you know, the seams and the, it's a bit, probably a bit overdone, but I, I do like yeah. it. Well, since Hollywood's doing it, we're darn lucky he's even wearing a ring, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it could be. Oh, no, I won't go there. Uh, <laughs> You went there, just nobody said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Green Lantern movies will have a big impact on how DC Universe films are, are seen um, and portrayed. Obviously, The Dark Knight was a huge success, but uh, Batman is a very uh, popular character where Green Lantern is popular but is not mainstream as much as Batman is. So it will be interesting to see how the Green Lantern movie does. Yeah, absolutely. hope it does well, actually. Okay, we're moving away from movie news. Uh, TV, Smallville Season 10 premieres on Friday, September 24th. Uh, September is going to be a big, busy month with, um, with the release of Superman Batman Apocalypse and the premiere of Season 10 of Smallville. It will be Friday, September 24th at 8pm and the first episode will be titled Lazarus. Sounds interesting. I, I like the idea that... Um that it involves Jonathan Kent. That's what's interesting to me. That could, you know, that's that's the most interesting piece of news I found. If they go the route, like, with Super, was it Superman 500 or Adventures 500? Or Jonathan Kent and, and uh, Clark walk around in the afterlife and yeah. talk about his war, Korean War experience? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic thing. I mean, we probably just, you know, uh, jumped the, our next topic, which was that Jonathan Kent is returning to Smallville. And yeah. uh, it, it is, you know... Uh, if nothing else, I mean, season premieres are usually pretty good for Smallville. You know, the opening episodes and the final episodes of each season are usually big episodes. But the fact that Jonathan Kent is returning for that first episode and possibly one other episode during the season uh, is big news and, um, you know, is long overdue. I know he's dead, but, um, you know, there are always flashbacks and things. And like you said, a being called Lazarus and with Clark having plunged off the top of the building with a blue kryptonite to knife in his side. Um, it stands to reason that there could be an afterlife near-death experience scene with Jonathan Kent, uh, you know, directing Clark back to the real world. Uh, but, you know, like, they've established in the show, although they seem to have forgotten it, that Jor-El can take somebody who's alive and pull him into the fortress or whatever and then spit him back out later, you know? Yeah, with alive, that, even with though original Kara. Yeah, with the original Supergirl. Speaking of the devil who is coming back, <laughs> you know. But but um, it, it's it's funny that that device is created. I wonder if they'll actually use that, or if it'll be more like an afterlife kind of, you know, 
metaphysical thing or yeah. or it could just be you know weird uh it, 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 here's here's the thing that i'm afraid of though when when jonathan kent comes back to smallville the, the thing I, I i don't want to see is the same thing that's happened with everybody when they come back to smallville especially with jonathan kent you know because jonathan kent was the benchmark of morality i don't want him to become evil and try to kill clark <laughs> <laughs> very good point exactly that's uh, a, a very big concern i guess um Every character really has come back. Lana came back and was nasty. Um, uh, what's his name? Pete. Pete came back and was nasty. Uh, Heck, oh, what the blonde guy? Uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, uh, the other character that I was thinking of was um, um, Whitney. No, Martha. Martha, yes, Martha, and uh, oh, who? I bet you know Chloe's leaving, so I bet you when she comes back, she's evil. <laughs> For guest appearances. Well, the other person um, who is coming back is Supergirl. Oh yeah, gonna be evil, definitely, <laughs> definitely gonna be evil. Yes. Probably, you know what? I'm, you know, I'll bet you they do. I bet you they go with the Supergirl apocalypse Jeff Loeb thing where Dark Side possesses her. <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't surprise me because there's been a lot of uh, correlations between what uh, Smallville's been doing and what the comics have been doing lately. I mean, we had the the war of the Superman with the Kandorians and in the comics, and then you have the Kandorians in Smallville. So, yeah. uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a, um, a an evil Supergirl come back uh, because of the fact that we've got an evil, evil Supergirl coming back in the Apocalypse DVD, animated DVD. But, um, yeah, Kara is returning. Uh, Clark's cousin from Krypton is coming back in the form of Laura Vandervoort. And uh, she'll be back for the third episode of Season 10. And funnily enough, it will be titled Supergirl. Yeah, uh, you know... I wonder if it will actually show her in the suit. I I, I wonder how they'll deal with the suit. You know, I, I I really, really am interested to see what well, they do. That's the concern. I mean, we're getting Supergirl before we're getting Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's just the title of the episode and really has nothing to do with what's going on in the episode, other than the fact that Kara is back, and that's why they've. It's gonna be Supergirl it's gonna be back. the closing scene. You know, they're gonna be like. Hey, you sure are a super girl. Ding! <laughs> Click. You know. But uh, yeah, there were a few fans concerned with the fact that the title of, the, of that episode was called Supergirl, where uh, we haven't got Superman yet. So um, we'll wait and see with the third episode of season 10, titled Supergirl, with Kara returning. But um, there will be a Smallville panel at Comic Con, and uh, we're expecting big things from it uh, for this year. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping so. Yeah, the footage footage from last year's Comic Con panel was uh, pretty grainy, but people went nuts over it when people posted it. Someone posted it on YouTube, and right. um, I'm imagining that we will see some footage um, from the you know the premiere episode at Comic Con. Uh, at, what is it? This coming weekend, as we're recording, uh, it'll be on July 25th. I think the panel for Smallville is the Sunday. So. Um, if anyone's there, and uh, I know they ask people not to put their cameras or their phones, but I'm sure someone will record whatever footage they show and post it on YouTube. So uh, that'll be something you'll need to keep an eye out uh, for on the for the Superman homepage. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, you know, that was one of the coolest things about the few times that I managed to get to San Diego before my finances fell out. Um, was that the the Smallville panel was always pretty interesting, even if there was stuff that was kind of eh, you know. But it, yeah. it it was it was neat to be around another group, a large group of fans. That was one of the fun the, the fun things about it. Cool. Well, uh, that's Smallville talk. Let's move into the comics, and. Um you know, obviously the new creative teams have uh, have come on board now. Um, 
We've got uh, Paul Cornell and uh, J. Michael Szynski doing their things on both Action Comics and Superman, respectively. Uh, now, talking about Superman at first, the Grounded storyline has copped a bit of flack from people saying, oh, we don't want a mopey Superman walking across America, you know, reconnecting with his roots. You know, where's, how's that interesting? But uh, Superman 701 was received quite well. You know, I, I, I liked it. If I see it more than two or three times, I'll be like, get to a story, you know, because it's an interesting yeah. exercise. One of the things that worried me, I'm looking at this solicitation right now. It says, uh, bu, 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 where was it? Um, yeah, okay. In this issue, Superman discovers that there is a darkness even more immense than outer space, the darkness of the human heart turned against itself. Now, um, <laughs> if now I'm going to read it in Emo Kid. Okay, ready? In this issue, Superman discovers that there is a darkness even more immense than outer space. The darkness of the human heart turned against itself. You know? <laughs> so there's there's that emo kid aspect. And at the same time, I, I, I love stories like that that explore what Superman means in terms of a moral, personal perspective. And yet at the same time, they're usually, for a reason, relegated to like Elseworlds or, or longer explorations in graphic novel form. And it seems like uh, it, it seems kind of indulgent, I guess, so so far. But I say that having seen one issue, and so I've got to give it the fair leeway of reading it for a few more issues before I say, hey, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's the tough part. I was afraid I was going to have to review 701. Turns out that the order was different. I'm doing 702, but I was afraid I would have to commentate on something without that full breadth and width of the story. Like, it, it was really tough with the Busiek run and the same thing because I had inklings of what it might turn out to be. And then there were these other great broader elements being introduced that could have been something really great. And that's always the peril of being a reviewer. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Well, that's the thing, not a problem, but we need to, uh, give, uh, J. Michael Szynski the room to, to, to tell this story in a couple of issues and yeah, say four or five issues down the track. If it's still not your cup of tea, then yeah. Okay. You can probably start, uh, you know, throwing, uh, throwing knives at him. But, um, at this point in time, it's uh, just the beginning of the story. Uh, he's gone from Philadelphia uh, to his next destination, so uh, we'll be we'll just wait and see how the Superman grounded story pans out. But uh, what about what, Lex Luthor in Action Comics? What are you making of that? You know, so far it was pretty good. I, I like the I, as as much as people have jumped on the creepy robot companion. I can totally see <laughs> Lex doing that. I mean, I could totally see him being like because he would have such a contempt for other people because they're not as smart as he is that he would build someone that would be his narcissistic female companion. That is just the ultimate, uh, you know, super reclusive and yet pervertedly crazy smart guy thing to do i mean yeah. i dig it, it yeah it, um, it makes sense for lex doesn't it yeah it does to me i don't know other people seem to think not but i like it um it, it, i i like how he's straddling the line of businessman and crazy scientist and and it's just good to see lex in motion again yeah uh, i don't know about this whole bringing in death thing but that's just because i haven't read much sandman which will probably get people throwing popcorn at me but uh <laughs> No, I, I really, I, I'm working on it, but all the trades are expensive, you know. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it's, I think it'll be interesting. You know, they, these crossover ideas, bringing characters from, you know, other realities or whatever, other other, you know, storylines. Uh, I can only, you know, uh, help to expand the the readership of of the Superman books. So yeah. for that, you know, thing, I'm, uh, you know, Paul Cornell it was his idea. He wanted uh, Death to to appear in 
action comic so um you know more power to him but uh, i hope he ties it you know he's exploring that orange lantern theme so yeah. much i hope he kind of puts death in context with the whole new dichotomy of the necron dc universe if that makes sense because they went through a long great thing to establish this whole black lantern this is what death means thing yeah so if it's just hey it's death making a guest appearance you know yeah no, I think obviously there's probably a connection there in mind that he has in mind. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that pans out. In eight ninety four, I think it is uh, that Black appears. Uh, sorry, that Death appears. So yeah, um, yeah so that's Action Comics. Uh, DC have a number of panels at Comic Con, and uh, obviously this is the the um, the convention period of the year where all these uh, panels are happening, um, and they'll be you know discussing uh, all the the various comic books throughout the DC Universe, including, obviously, a Superman panel. And uh, we'll attempt to bring you all that information um, in the, 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 you know, the early period uh, of next week, So, um, which is you know, from July, what is it, 23rd, I think, the 24th, 25th, the, the uh, Comic-Con is on in San Diego. So look for all those reports on the Superman homepage as they're covered by, I think we've got uh, uh, some guys there on the floor for us this year once again. So uh, we'll get our own reports, but obviously we'll also be uh, letting you know what other reports are on Newsarama and comicbookresources.com and those kind of places from the San Diego Comic-Con 2010. Not bad. I can't wait. Okay. The only other thing I wanted to touch on was the musical, the uh, revisal, they're calling it, of It's a Bird, It's a Planet Superman the Broadway musical from 1966 that starred Bob Holiday in the lead role. Now, this revisal is, um, you know, we've covered it quite a bit on the Superman homepage with reviews and interviews from the cast and crew, and it seems by all reports to be very well received. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't, I, I hope they somehow, you know, make it so that people can see it who can't make it all the way out to the theatre, you know? Yeah, well, there, there is hope that it might, um, you know, tour the country, um, and not just be in Dallas, but that's obviously something that needs to be worked out. There are logistical issues with that and legal issues with that. But um, I would really like to see it uh, go elsewhere because it's, by all accounts, you know, a pretty well put together uh, broad, well, musical uh, of the Broadway um, original. And they've, you know, obviously toyed with it a little bit. There's new songs. You know, the characters are the same, but uh, they've been rewritten in ways to be more modernized and you know it does touch on quite a few different aspects of the superman mythos over the seven years plus that he's been around so there are bits of you know bits of uh of uh in jokes from for smallville fans for comic book fans and there are nods to all the different versions of superman in that musical so um you know there they do record they they do video or or um record the um the production but Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it will be released to DVD uh, because it's just for archival purposes, I've been told, uh, by those at the Dallas Theatre. So um, hopefully they do get to release a a DVD version of it because, um, you know, fans everywhere would like to see it, I'm sure, not just fans in Dallas. And if it does get to tour the US, not just fans of the US, there are people all over the world who I'm sure would love to, to see this revival of It's a Bird, It's a Planet Superman. Absolutely. I mean, heck, if it were within 100 miles, I'd probably go do it. Yeah, so uh, there it is. If you're uh, in Dallas, it's still got a, I think it goes till July 25th. Um, so you've still got a few days um, to, to get there if you're uh, interested in seeing It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. 
Okay, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. All right. Last month we had, what's your position in regards to Superman comics in light of the new creative teams coming on board? Yeah, with uh, J. Michael Szynski and Paul Cornell telling new stories from Superman, for Superman and Lex Luthor. What do you, you know, are you picking up comics now because of these new creative teams? Did you drop them? Are you still continuing to read? How are you enjoying them? Uh, these are the comments we got back. Uh, who's, up, who's up first? We got Calvin Bowes who wrote, Before I was only reading the trades because of expense, but, but because of my daughter who became a big Superman fan, I am now having to buy and, having to buy and read the comics again. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like one of them good expenses, I guess. <laughs> as a matter of fact, and I can say this now, as she will have gotten the first issue before her ninth birthday on July 30th, but now I subscribe to Superman Action and Supergirl for her and look forward to enjoying them together. Happy birthday, Starla. Yeah, happy birthday, Starla. Yeah, well, Starla is the next person who uh, who responded to the big question. Right on. She wrote, I really like doing this. It feels good to know people all around the world care what I think, and that is so cool. I'm really hoping to read the new Superman and Supergirl stuff. My daddy and I nightly read the big paperback books, and I just finished Superman of the 60s that I hope Neil will talk about sometime. I think she means Michael uh, for the Bailey's Bookshelf segment yeah, of the show. Yeah, for Bailey's Bookshelf, yeah. Uh, but I'm really hoping to get to read the new stuff. I keep bugging my daddy to get them, and I hope he does, so I really hope to get to read them. Uh, well, yeah, it's, good. it's always good to see new uh, young fans coming on board the Superman books. Absolutely, and I can say something about the '60s if you want, Starla. I know you meant Michael, but I loved those the most. And when I was your age, I was reading the Superman of the '60s, so that'll probably hook you like it hooked me. So uh, hopefully, you can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good hobby to have. Um, Mick Byers wrote. I'll be buying for J. Michael Straczynski. I haven't been able to collect physical books for the last four years, but now school is over, and once again I'll have the disposal cash necessary to feed my former addiction. That being said, I'll drop the physical books in a heartbeat once I can subscribe and receive new issues thanks to the magic of the interwebs that comic book companies have apparently only recently discovered. Heck yeah, I tell you, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, actually, I was just looking into the digital comics thing recently, and... Uh... Don't, they don't seem to release the new releases on in digital format um, straight away. They seem to be doing a bit, bit more of a backlog uh, of, really? of their comics in digital format. Um, like Is it like instance, a week later, a month later or something? Well, I haven't seen Superman 701 available uh, yet, so um, huh. it'll be interesting to see how um, often and how up-to-date they are uh, releasing the digital formats uh, because there are a lot of people who with iPads now and even with iPhones who would prefer to read comics digitally than have to worry about storing, bagging, and boxing comics. It's It just goes to show you how much potential money they've lost, because what, comic books have been online for those evil, uncondonable, illegal downloaders for like five years now? Yeah. yeah Something yeah. like that? I, I seem to remember hearing the first reports about that five years ago. Mm, I'm you know? sure you did. Yeah. Okay, the uh, new big question for our... Next podcast, whenever that may be. At this point, we just don't know exactly when we'll post that. But the question is, who do you think should direct the new Superman movie? In light of all the rumors that we've had in recent times with Christopher Columbus and Jonathan Nolan being uh, bandied about, um, who do you think should direct the new Superman movie? I think we've asked this not too long ago, but in light of those new rumors, uh, with those names being thrown up, uh, do either of them tickle your fancy, or is there somebody in particular uh, you, you would know, like I'm to see? 
Well, I, I don't mind anything associated with Christopher Nolan as long as he doesn't make it too dark. But uh, I, I I lost my ease in the hole when M. Night Shyamalan um, started, you know, putting out lemons. I was expecting he would make the great because he he did the Unbreakable and Unbreakable was yeah. so great. Oh, he was like, his first four movies. It was he had me, uh, you know, looking for out for each of his movies that came along. But then, uh, uh, yeah, well, we had Sixth Sense, we had Unbreakable, we had yeah. The Village. Um, uh, signs, all fantastic films, and, and then then he had Lady what? in the Water and The Happening, which just <laughs> The Happening happen. is like it takes away three good movies. The Happening is one of those things you show to your kids to be like, no, son, no. I know you're never going to be a director, but this is what you don't do if you ever think if you're going to have a dream about being a director, yeah, don't do this. Exactly, you know? and he's copped a lot of flack for uh, the Last Airbender too. So, um. Have to wait and see what uh, what he can do with future films, but he's it's quickly falling over the cliff edge. Yeah, so I got I got no ace in the hole anymore. I keep trying to think, you know, um, everything else. All of my other favorite directors are all niche kind of crazies. You know, they don't yeah. do straight up superhero films. So. Yeah, uh, Spielberg in his day, I think, would have been a great choice, but um, yeah. he's kind of moved away from those kind of films at the moment, doesn't hasn't he? Yeah, I don't know. There's, there hasn't been anything Spielberg's done lately that has really caught me and grabbed me too incredibly. I, I know that he's responsible in, in some form for those Transformer movies, so that's that's like the happening. That takes away five jaws, you know? Oh, well. All right, so get involved with the big question, big question segment of the show by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage and submit your entry. You can do that by email, and we will read them out as we have done today, or you can send in an audio response, and we'll play that... Uh, but try to keep your answers, if you do record an audio, to under one minute's length, please. Okay, let's move on with the rest of the show. Laura has a crisis of confidence. You almost died. And it was my fault. My fault that you got hurt. My fault that the fortress was destroyed. My fault for bringing Lobo here. And my fault for killing him. The Steelworks gets a visitor. Hello? Oh! She's here! Don't bite, don't bite, don't bite! Tabitha, hey, come on in. But that isn't the only new arrival. We need to talk. Nothing good ever follows those words. It's important! And there's more on the way. Well, let's have a look, shall we? There she is. She's beautiful. Enter the home stretch in Superman, the last Son of Krypton issue 67, on July 28, 2010, only at PendantAudio.com. People of Metropolis, I've commandeered your airwaves to announce that I'm giving you a gift. Listen! Now I don't gotta listen to nothing. Even now, this unpredictable teenage superhero, powerful enough to reduce Metropolis to rubble, is living among you. Hiding! Is that the worst you can do? Don't you deserve to know? Tune in to Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Episode 39, coming July 28th at PendantAudio.com.
Bailey's B- Bookshelf. Yes, B A I L E Y M O U S E. Okay. Michael Bailey returns to Radio KAL with another trade paperback review. So let's hand over to Michael to see what he's got for us this month. Hey, all, and welcome to another edition of Bailey's Bookshelf, the monthly feature here at Radio KAL, where I walk over to the bookcase deep in the Fortress of Baileytude, pick out a trader hardcover to talk about, and, well, talk about it. This month, we're going back to the year 2001, almost a decade ago, if you can believe it, with the trade paperback Endgame. Endgame was part of a series of trade paperbacks that I was frankly surprised to see come out at the time. But looking back on it, I'm not, because Endgame was the second volume in the brave new world of Superman. Now, that's my turn, not theirs. This is when the Berganza era began in late 1999 and lasted all the way up to 2006, and DC really wanted to push this, I'm assuming, because they put a lot of the storylines into trade uh, pretty quickly after they came out. Endgame is actually the traded version of Y2K, and contains Superman Y2K number 1, Superman number 154, Adventures of Superman 576, Superman the Man of Steel number 98, and Action Comics number 763, and features the writing of Joe Kelly, Jeff Loeb, Stuart Immerman, Mark Miller, and Mark Schultz, and the artwork of Butch Geis, Ed McGinnis, Stuart Immerman, Doug Monkey, Jamar... German, excuse me, German, I'm mispronouncing your name. German Garcia and Kano. I'm assuming that is not the bad guy from Mortal Kombat. The series actually came out at the very end of 1999, early 2000, and was the first major storyline of the Brigands era. The new editing and creative team had just come on a few months before, as I mentioned, and this was their baptism of fire, so to speak, in producing a big-time story arc. The plot is simple. Brainiac 2.5 pops up on New Year's Eve and starts causing a ruckus before a Brainiac from the future, Brainiac 13, disrupts his plans and begins to turn Metropolis into a literal city of the future. The virus threatens to spread all over the world, and after a few complications, one involving Metallo, actually, and including Superman becoming Electro-Superman once again, Brainiac 13 is stopped, and Lex Luthor holds the keys to the new technological kingdom, but at a very heavy cost. The story is interesting to look back on now, because it really played off of the paranoia that swept the world around the year 2000, and what was going to happen to all of the computers that were not Y2K compliant. Turns out everything was fine, and the world was not destroyed in a big, huge nuclear fireball, but still the feeling was there, and at the time, I thought it was kind of cool to play off of that in a Superman story. The thing about this storyline that I didn't like was the fact that for the next four years or so, Metropolis remained a futuristic city with flying cars and monorails and all kinds of high-techy type devices. And I hated this. I think the idea was that Superman is the man of tomorrow, so he should live in a city of tomorrow. But the problem with that is, at least to me, because opinions vary, is that suddenly Superman is not the coolest thing in his own book. To me... Again, 
Superman works best when he is the most fantastic element to the story, not his surroundings. So I lived through several years of this, hating it all the while, and really happy when they eventually did away with it and returned to a metropolis of a more-than-modern setting. This collection does skip over two books, Superman the Man of Steel number 97 and Action Comics number 762, because while there were bits of those stories that tied into the overall arc, they didn't directly deal with what was going on in Y2K. And I'm noticing this more and more as I go through these trade paperbacks of this little lineup. You know, they, they would skip issues, they would change the order of stories, and that's fine and dandy, dandy and fine, but I don't think it accurately gives you a look at the day-to-day collecting uh, of, of the time period. But then again, you know, a trade paperback is meant to kind of collect a story, and I guess you can move things around in there a little easier. I look back on this today and think that this was one of the hiccups in the never-ending battle format of storytelling that the New Guard had to deal with. And frankly, I don't think the new team wanted to have such a tight continuity, but that's a personal theory and not based on any sort of fact. And that's it for this month. Come back next month for another installment of Bailey's Bookshelf and check back at the Superman homepage every Thursday for From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast hosted by me and Jeffrey Taylor as we look at another month in the life of the Superman that was published between Man of Steel number one and Adventures of Superman number 649. So eventually we're actually going to get to this storyline. And now, back to Steve and Neil. Thank you, Michael. Remember, if you've got a trade paperback that you would like Michael to review, email michael at michael at supermanhomepage.com and he will endeavour to use your suggestion in a future Superman homepage radio KAL podcast. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Super secret soundbite. Well, it looks like we've got to make them more easy again. Yeah. We've only got one response. That's right. Well, one, one correct response. That's right. We've got a few responses, but uh, only Robert Gillis guessed that uh, the sound from the last Radio KAL show was from the Season 7 episode titled Fierce. So uh, let's see if more people can guess which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. My journey is somewhere else. So if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Radio KAL webpage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will, like Robert Gillis, have their name read out in the next Radio KAL podcast. Superman song time. Looks like this new uh, band we got this month sounds like either that emo kid I was talking about (laughs) earlier or like a Doors cover band. Yeah, we've got uh, a song titled Superman by New Riders of the Purple Sage. New Riders of the Purple Sage! (laughs) Yes. These guys, this, uh song is from their 1971 self-titled first album, uh, obviously titled New Riders of the, F- the Purple Sage. And uh, you can check out New Riders of the Purple Sage <laughs> at nrpsmusic.com. But uh, for the time being, here is their song, Superman. <laughs> Hide and seek, you stay a while 
That's the show for another month. Ah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, good, good music, good, uh, good news. More Superman movies coming up. I'm digging it. Okay. Well, uh, remember, if you've got a suggestion for Neil and I, maybe there's a topic that you would like us to to discuss that we didn't discuss this time around. Maybe there's a trade paperback you'd like Michael Bailey to review. Is there a song you'd like to suggest or a big question you'd like to for us to pose? All those suggestions can be sent to us at the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage. But uh, for now, that's the show for another month. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Steve. And as Jonathan Kent once said last time he rose from the grave to start choking Clark Kent, Kalyan Emptor! You've been listening to Radio Kale from supermanhomepage.com. <laughs>